Hey, just a heads up before we get going. There is a brief mention of sexual assault in this episode, so listener discretion is advised. Remember that help is always available, and if this might impact you, please do take care when listening. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. If you asked Coral Hillier before she started university that she would one day be in a foreign country sharing Jesus' love with others, she probably would have looked at you as if you were crazy. But this isn't crazy. In fact, it is very much real life. Coral is a student at the University of British Columbia studying behavioral neuroscience. She is also a recent convert to the Catholic faith and was received into the church this past Easter. And ever since she gave her first yes to God, Coral has seen her life change in ways that she couldn't have imagined. And that brought her recently to Honduras for a mission with Catholic Christian Outreach. And she tells us about the adventures that she's had in her faith journey since in our conversation today. Hi, Coral. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so great. Thank you for joining me in this stuffy room. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about who you are, like what you study and what you currently do. Yeah, so I am going into my third year at the University of British Columbia. I'm a behavioral neuroscience student, so I study the science side of psychology and the different parts of the brain. And yeah, that's what I do during the school year and right now I've got the summer off just to work and hang out with friends and stuff like that. Now I know that just a couple months ago a lot of us in the CCO community had the privilege of hearing your testimony. Uh, You shared it at Spring Banquet Mm -hmm. and first of all I just want to say that that was just such an extraordinary story just so inspiring and I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what your life was like prior to your conversion to the Catholic faith. Yeah, so I grew up in Manitoba, Canada. I have five sisters and a dad, a stepmom, and my mom. And nobody in my family is religious. They're all atheist. Um, So I was raised in that environment where we didn't talk about God. We didn't talk about faith. We didn't listen to religious music or watch religious movies or anything like that. We celebrated Christmas for like the presents and Santa Claus. My dad is very strongly against all forms of religion. uh, So it was just not an option for us growing up. And as I was a little kid, you know, you kind of just accept everything that your parents tell you. And then when I got older and I realized, oh, I can have my own opinion about these kind of things. I just saw so much pain in the world around me and in my own life that I couldn't believe that there was a God that existed mm-hmm. who would let all of that happen. Right. Yeah. So would you say that that was your perception of the Catholic faith at first? 
Yeah, definitely. Like I saw it as rules, as barriers almost to living the life that I wanted to live. You know, I wanted to go out and party. I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do with my body. I wanted to dress however I wanted. I wanted mm -hmm. to say whatever I wanted to say. And the way my dad talks about it is that, you know, religion is a lie that people tell themselves to make themselves feel better. So, you know, I saw the Catholic faith in that way as it was just people taking the easy way out. Sure. What changed your mind? I moved away from home to come to Vancouver for my university career. And in the first month of university, I was you know, doing everything that I had always been doing, going to parties, drinking. And uh, at the end of that first month, though, I was sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard for me. That kind of just made me think about the way I saw myself, the way I saw my life, the way I saw the world around me. And um, I went through a really hard period of just not knowing what to do about anything, not knowing how to cope. Uh, but I made a really good friend who is Catholic. And once I opened up to her about what was going on with me, she invited me to go to mass with her. Wow. And I thought it was kind of weird at first. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, I don't really know about that. I don't know if that's something I want to think about right now when I have all this other stuff going on. So I said no a lot the first couple times that she asked. Mm -hmm. And then I remember coming back for the second semester of my first year and it was January 14th, I think. And she asked me again, you know, do you want to go to mass? Like, I know you're still struggling and I think it might help you. Like the invitation is still there. And I don't know why, but I said yes. And I went to mass for the first time that day and I didn't understand anything that was going on during the service because I just I didn't have like the biblical background knowledge mm -hmm. but I felt so much peace and so much comfort in the community that I found there and in um the prayers of the mass and just the structure of it so yeah I kept going and actually the same week after the first time I went to mass I met CCO in the commons building of my residence area like where I was living in my first year and I ended up talking with one of the missionaries and sitting down with her uh, telling her about where I was at in my mm -hmm. life and what had like what I'd grown up with and I joined uh, CCO's first faith study discovery and I went through that with my friend who had taken me to mass for the first time I remember during that I was still kind of on the fence. Like I hadn't really, mm -hmm. I was going to mass, I started praying, but I was still pretty closed off because I was so scared of what my family would say if they mm -hmm. knew that I was doing all these things. And I was so just absolutely terrified that if my father knew that I had become a part of something that he openly detests, mm -hmm. that I would lose not only him, but my entire family. So that fear held me back a lot for the first couple months. And I remember thinking about whether or not I wanted to get baptized and actually join the church, you know, make a commitment to having Christ at the center of my life. Mm -hmm. And I was just completely torn about it until I went to the Easter vigil with my friend and her family. And while I was there, 
I was praying while the catechumens were getting baptized and at her parish they like ring bells and everybody's clapping while they while they're getting baptized and you can just feel like the community and the presence of the holy spirit i was praying in that moment asking god like what do you want me to do with my life what is your will because i have no idea and i'm terrified and in that moment everything that i was worried about it still existed but it fell away from me like it couldn't touch me uh and i knew that choosing god would make me happier than i could ever imagine and that there was nothing that was worth turning away from that happiness wow. and i wanted to say for someone who you know like you said yourself there was so much riding on this there was like relationships with your family there were still a lot of unknowns you were still very new to the faith but just that deep sense of conviction is sometimes very unheard of like i know that even for myself like just being born and raised catholic it took a long time for me to come to that conviction on my own even though i had just so much knowledge or what mm -hmm. i thought was knowledge around me so i just want to say that that's so inspiring and and it's been obviously like you know it's a real journey for seeking truth for yourself and i was wondering what have been some of the challenges when it came to learning more about this faith? I think one of the biggest challenges definitely was my family. Telling them that, you know, this was something that I believed in, that this is something that I'm pursuing, that, you know, this is what I want for my life mm -hmm. was definitely really difficult. Uh, and it took a lot of time and a lot of support from my friends here, the family that I found here in Vancouver in the church and a lot of prayer and just divine providence and you know waiting for their reaction was a problem and then also I found myself to be another really big barrier because I had spent so many years without a faith without knowing that what I was doing was wrong mm -hmm. and so I had all of these all of these experiences all of these memories all of these decisions that I had made mm -hmm. and now I had to live with them knowing that I did make those decisions and that that was me and that that was wrong mm -hmm. and it made it really hard for me to want to pursue a faith because I was like well you've already done all these really bad things mm -hmm. so like who gives you the right to sit in mass now wow. right who who gives you the right to to take rcia classes to prepare to be baptized like who's telling you that you are able to do all these things because look at all the ways that you've messed up look mm -hmm. at all of the ways that you've been horrible in comparison to what the church teaches is right mm -hmm. um so that was definitely a really big barrier, just getting over my own my own doubts. And what I would say now was definitely the devil whispering in my ear saying, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you're already too far gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just really evokes that image of, you know, Jesus, the good shepherd. And, you know, he never leaves one behind even though there's like 99 others so mm. always come back for the one and I guess like what would you tell women who listen to this or women that you meet who have maybe been in your shoes and they feel like yeah I'm too far gone I've made all these mistakes in terms of yeah like you know who I am how I acted um, my relationships 
what I did for fun? Like, what would you Mm. say to them? I think the first thing I would say to any woman who comes to me with that fear, who comes to somebody that I know with that fear, is that that is such a lie Mm. and they need to stomp on it immediately. Um, We are never too far gone. We are never too broken, too messed up to be healed by God's love. He is always there waiting to love us, waiting to heal us. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is forgiving us in every single moment of every single day. He wants to be in a relationship with us. He wants us to know him and to love him and to know how much he loves us. So I think just at the basic point of recognizing that that is a lie and that we are loved no matter what, in every single moment of every single day um, is a huge first step, like recognizing that that's a lie, that we are so loved. Um, And then from there, recognizing that you can change, Mm. you know, who you were in the past does not determine who you have to be in the future. You, I don't care if you're 12, 18, 32, 70, You can always choose to wake up in the morning and be a different person than you were yesterday to make different choices and to renew yourself for Christ. Mm. Amen. Give me a high five. That was amazing. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. And and I think just like coming on that joyous note, like there must have been a lot of highlights for you, like as you've, Mm. what have been some of the joys that have come from just this journey of becoming a Catholic, becoming a daughter of Christ, and owning that identity. Mm. One of the biggest things is definitely the community that I've found, the the CCO community, the Catholic community that I have just been absolutely welcomed into has been such an overwhelming abundance of grace in my life. It changes my outlook on myself. It changes my outlook on the world. Every single day, I'm constantly just amazed by the people that the Lord has brought into my life, the friends and the family that he has given me, because they do feel more like a family than anything. Mm -hmm. And also just the opportunities for my own personal growth in terms of, you know, I've had the opportunity to do outreach for CCO and to have conversations with people that I would have never talked to if I wasn't like on fire in my faith and, you know, actively deciding to be Catholic. I got to go to Rise Up, which was an amazing conference held by CCO and is just like a whole bunch of Canadians coming together and loving each other and embracing their faith and loving God, Mm -hmm. um, which was the absolute best possible way that I've ever spent New Year's. The opportunity to be a leader. I was a faith study leader this past term and I led four girls through discovery. And that was just the most fruitful thing to be able to take what I've learned now and share it with other people. Mm -hmm. And in that same way, I also got to go on a mission trip. I just got back three weeks ago and we went to Honduras for three weeks. And in that same way, getting to share my faith with people that I would never have even thought of being able to talk to before starting my faith journey and Mm -hmm. getting to watch them say yes to Christ and getting to see their conversions and the joy that it's bringing them Mm -hmm. has been 
so incredible for me mm-hmm. and yeah. something that I never would have imagined for myself before all of this started. Yeah. And of course, you know, I wanted to follow up on that, like, you know, just being in Honduras, you're in a different country. There's a whole language barrier, like I'm mm. guessing. I don't know. Do you speak Spanish? I speak a bit of Spanish. Okay. Um, I was amazed, actually, at how much of it came back because I took it in high school. Oh, there you go. And I hadn't spoken like a word of it for two years. Um, but I actually did pretty okay. I was impressed with myself. Good for you. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So, you know, having this, um, you have these language skills or just like different language things, just being mm-hmm. able to communicate with them. But also not to mention the fact that the faith in itself for you was still probably very new. Yeah. Um, you were baptized and confirmed, I guess, yeah. like at Easter. So what was something that really stood out for you when you were there? Yeah, so that was actually one of the one of the highlights for me was kind of what you mentioned, the combination of the language barrier and the fact that my own knowledge of some of the church's teachings and like the theological conversations that I was trying to have with people on this mission trip was just like, it might have not been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we held a night fever uh, while we were there, which is like a night of adoration. And I remember we invited this one guy into the church and he sat down and prayed for about an hour. And then I sat down next to him after a while and started talking to him and he only spoke Spanish. And I was sitting with him with my friend and I was translating between the two of them for a little bit. And then he started asking me all of these theological questions about like he could see the stations of the cross around the church on the walls and he was asking me about what those were and the significance of it he was asking me about the hail mary and you know praying to mary and what the significance of that was he was asking me about the differences between the catholic and the evangelical bibles because he was actually evangelical not catholic he was asking me about the different names of god and different means of salvation and like why it's okay that we have crucifixes when God told us in the Old Testament that we can't have, like, images of God, Mm. that worshiping images is bad. Um, So he was asking me all these questions, and I was able to give him answers to these questions, which are, like, huge theological topics of conversation, and I was able to do it in Spanish, (laughs) Which, no big deal. Yeah. Casual. Was like, and we talked for like an hour and a half, wow. which was just such a huge grace and honestly something I could not have done without the Holy Spirit. But it was amazing. Like God really used this mission trip and that moment and so many other moments throughout that trip to show me like how far I've come from where I was even a year ago, how much I've learned, how much I've grown. And you know, how much he's going to continue to grow me and to give to me Mm -hmm. as long as I continue to say yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you were saying that, like, all I can think of is like, you know, because the Holy Spirit really gives us that, that power, like they say in scripture and the Acts of the Apostles that the Holy Spirit gives us that power to literally be able to like speak tongues Mm -hmm. and just be able to speak in a language that other people will understand. And Mm -hmm. I can really see that manifest in you um and and it also just makes me think of this image like the holy spirit's up there with like duolingo or like (laughs) google translate just like help 
<laughs> but that's so wonderful. I'm curious to know like what's next for you in terms of the next step for your personal faith journey. So I've definitely like it's something I'm still unraveling like the way that the Lord changed me and changed my life and you know the path that I was on throughout the mission is such a huge thing that you don't have time during the mission to unwrap. Um so it's something that I'm still working through but I can definitely see and like feel in my heart the fire that I have just for the mission in general now and for outreach specifically, which is actually like a really big blessing because um, I'm going to be in charge of the CCO UBC's outreach team this coming school year because, you know, talking to people in Honduras and on mission, when you do outreach, all you have is your faith and yourself and you sit down next to somebody hoping and praying that they're going to want to have a conversation with you mm-hmm. and that's something that I found easy to do during the mission and I had so much faith to do it and it's something that I know I would probably find a lot more difficult to do here in Vancouver to just sit down next to a random person and be like hey let's just talk mm-hmm. like I sit on the bus with my headphones in I walk around campus with my headphones in I don't really just start conversations with strangers and open up to them and expect them to open up to me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing that I'm really going to take away from this is just having that ability to sit down next to somebody and trust that the Lord is going to open our hearts to each other. And also it's gotten me thinking a lot about, you know, what I want to do after I graduate and what my plan is in terms of living out the mission in my own life. Mm-hmm. And The Lord's actually revealed quite a bit to me about um, my missionary identity and how I do feel called to be a full-time missionary um, in whatever aspect that might be and to actually live out that missionary identity potentially in Honduras specifically. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, there's just, that's, (laughs) that's like so much to to definitely unpack and I can... I can totally understand like what you're what you were saying just now just there's so much to and with every day that we live out our faith like we get to see more and more just how it is that God speaks to us and what it is that he wants for our life and well that's so beautiful Coral Mm -hmm. that's awesome um I was wondering if um maybe you could share some of your thoughts on the term feminine genius, mm. um, as you know, that's the name of this podcast. Yeah. And yeah, I was just wondering, like, you know, have you ever heard that term before and what your thoughts are on that? I'd heard it a couple of times before, um, just randomly. And I never really thought too much about what it actually meant. Mm-hmm. But I've also, I've read a little bit about St. John Paul II and like his view on it. Um, one of the Instagram accounts I follow a couple of months ago, posted his letter to women. Mm. And I think really the feminine genius, the term is just about how specifically and wonderfully women were created and how we have a role in this world, an outlook in this world that is different from men and different in a way that is beautiful and specific and intentional. I heard a nun talk about how, you know, as women, 
we are all called to be mothers in some way, whether that's mother to children, whether it's you're a friend mom, whether it's you're a spiritual mother as um, a religious woman or something like that. Mm -hmm. We're all called to be mothers. And in that same way, we're all called to love. And, you know, we're all called to love in different ways, but just finding that way that we are called to love in this world and mm -hmm. to, to share the love that the Lord has given us and that the Lord wants to give to everyone else in the world. And I think that the feminine genius is how, as women, we are called to do that specifically in a way different from men and how we invite the rest of the world into the Lord's love in that way that the Lord has given us specifically. Mm. And I guess my last question for you is how do you see uh, your own identity within that? How do you see yourself living out the feminine genius? Mm. I think I've definitely been gifted in my ability to relate to other people. Um, I'm a very empathetic person. Anybody who knows me knows I cry just looking at another person cry. I am totally a friend mom. And I think that you know, me living out the feminine genius in my own life looks like me caring for others and me listening to them and me using the wisdom that the Lord gives me, the wisdom and the guidance from the Holy Spirit that I receive every single day. And in that specific way, along with my femininity, my, my motherly heart, my womanly call to love, using that to bring people into the kingdom of God. Mm. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you to Coral Hillier for sharing her inspiring story with us this week on the Feminine Genius Podcast. And of course, thanks to you for listening this week. Please be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find us on social media as well as our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you next week and God bless. <laughs>